are Stephen and Jill. Together, we've been buying and reselling land since the 90s. Our data-centric approach leaves our buyers asking, how can you sell it so cheap? Here on the Land Academy Show, we answer that and more. Stephen Jill here. Hello. Welcome to the Land Academy Show, entertaining land investment talk. I'm Stephen Jack Bissala. And I'm Jill DeWitt, broadcasting from the Valley of the Sun. Today, Jill and I talk about, well, I have $10,000. What should I invest in? This is so funny. So, so here's where this came from. We're sitting here thinking about what's going on at the end of the year. We want this last week to be really valuable, some good information for you to kind of ponder. And there's a lot of people in Facebook that have this exact thing like, hey, I've got some money saved up. It's the end of the year. Going into 2022, what should I do? So I wrote down some real answers. And some of them are like, what the heck? It's funny. So I will share those and we will talk about what we think you should do if you're in this situation. Before we get into the topic, let's take a question posted by one of our members on the landinvestors.com online community. It's free. And don't forget to subscribe on the Land Academy YouTube channel and comment on the shows you like. We forgot to look that up. We don't know where we are right now, mm -hmm. do we? Okay. I can look it up. While okay, God. All right. While I'm talking? Sure. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Peter wrote, I got a call back on a piece of property that is largely in a flood zone and some of it is in a regulated flood zone. The original offer price was $8,000 for three acres. And I was thinking about turning around with a revised offer of $1,000. What are the major considerations y'all keep in mind when repricing an offer due to flood issues? Thanks for any thoughts. This is very, very, very common and not so specific to the flood issues, but stuff comes up. Yeah. A deal comes back. You look it up, usually on NeighborScoop, um, there's some flaws. Yeah. Hopefully they're not fatal flaws like access. Right. And so you go back to the seller with a, a revised offer. Uh, my, in my opinion, Jill, Jill's the one who does this, so she'll tell you the, the real hurt, the way she does it. But this is all how it's handled. And so if you just say, all oh, this property sucks, and uh, I'm, I know we talked about 8000 but I'm going to offer you 1000 because there's flood zone issues, that's not going to work. But if you make a little video and you in uh, a screen video of you rolling through Google Earth, a screenshot video, and, and narrating why and how the property where it sits and why the flood issues are not, you know, have dramatically reduced the usability uh, of the property when you price it at 8,000, they're going to take you seriously. And here's why, because whoever buys the property is going to have the same issues. So you're just kicking the can down the road. I'm going to have to disagree. <laughs> oh, really? After all that? I don't need no stinking video. <laughs> really? No. I don't. You know wow, what? So here's throw Jack under the bus week. Actually, <laughs> no, it's not. Hey, there's plenty of times, buddy, when you go, nope, this is what you do. <laughs> this is my turn. Because you know what? Really, I I am dealing. I'm on the front line a little more in this scenario. Not that you're not, and you haven't done this for decades. But so here's how it goes. Now, number one, like, do you even really want it? So here's my thing. Is my buyer's pool going to be so darn small and I'm going to be running around trying to make $3,000 off of my $1,000 when I can just move on? So there's really got to be some other redeeming quality for me to even care. I might, you know, if I, my 8000 is now 1000 now I'm scratching my, health going, scratching my head going, do I even want to do this deal? So if there's something else there that, oh, but it's just really beautiful hunting land and you can camp on it and it's near this stuff. So yeah, the chances of somebody building on it are very slim. 
kind of thing, but there's six other things they could do with it. And everybody around there is doing that. Uh, so there's this, this is why this is still good. Okay. There you go. But, and you know, I just think you could have a very nice professional conversation with a guy and you really just say that. Um, and because a lot of times, unless they're a little old lady and they didn't even know their husband had it, um, they often know, they really often know the problems. They have tried it, you know, they, especially you, you can look back and see, you know, it's, it's funny to me that not everybody does this, but I dig, I spend five extra minutes digging on properties real quick to see how long they had it, what's going on. If they had it for 30 years. Okay. That's one thing. Things didn't pan out, you know, um, you know, they thought they were going to retire there. Somebody passed on, they can't afford it now, whatever it is. Those are, those are the reasons that, that they might be selling it, but they've owned it for six months. Okay. There's a flag. Why are they now on, on, you know, undoing this transaction? Chances are they accidentally bought it, not knowing what the problems were and they want to pass it to you. So when you say, um, these flood things make it, you know, unbuildable, they're going to go, yeah, I know kind of thing. So, um, take a, take a little bit and find out. So, and then, like I said, I appreciate your video, but to me, that's a lot of time and energy and I'm, and I can, I can have a really easy, simple conversation and go, shucks. You know, I know we talked about eight and if I could do this, it would be eight hand all day long, but because of this and this, the best I can offer you is one. If that works for you, great, because it could be a recreational fun thing for somebody. Hey, for $1,000, I'll roll the dice and see what happens. But if you want to hang on to it and try to get more for it, um, have at it. You know. But if something changes, let me know. Um, I will be here. And let it go. Today's topic? Oh, yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to get this over with, no. sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I, okay. I completely agree with you. Yeah. Completely. It's all how you handle it, you know. Jill has a way of getting what she wants from buyers and sellers. And I can't and, remember the last time I made a video and showed him anything, okay. honestly. So, sorry. Today's topic, <laughs> I have $10,000. What should I invest in? This is why you're listening. Okay. Tell us about Facebook. So Jill. this is the funniest thing. So here we are at the end of the year. Everybody's like, okay, thinking about 2022. I accidentally, I was so funny. I was laying in bed this morning and I'm thinking, I was accidentally thinking 2023. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like skipping a year here. I don't even know what year I'm in. That's all so funny. So anyway, and I'm scrolling down in Facebook and I'm seeing this note. And I'm like, oh, I love this. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have like not spent a lot of money this year and they put some stuff aside and now they're thinking, all right, I need to be smart about this in 2022. How, what, what should I do? And let me, I got to tell you some of the answers because these are real answers too, by the way. And this is like in the last, it's in a women's, it's a woman's real estate investing group in Facebook that I'm in. And these answers, I'm like, what the heck on some of them? There's some magic to this $10,000 number too. Well, actually it was 15 even. Okay. This person even has more money. They're like, I have 15 grand. What should I do? So I'm only going to give you a snapshot. I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six. It's because I like number six the best. Number six made sense. Like, thank you. Number one was buy more doors. Well, you can't really do a lot no. with ten or fifteen grand. Doors meaning another rent, rental rental units. And then, I, and then it's funny because you know, in some states, um, the whole rental, the renters are mad at the rentees, 
and they have a whole stigma. There's a whole thing about it. I'm like, I don't want to be in that scenario. We have a rental like a like near us, and our we are, we are the best. We are the best landlords. Yeah, we undercharge because she's awesome, and she'll never leave. <laughs> and that's our way of doing. And she takes beautiful care of our home. So you will never build an empire. Renting out houses or, or apartments. Yeah, that's trust not, me. That's not what we have it and too. If you do, if you the small chance that you do, it will take you fifty years to do it. Yeah. So the second one I saw was uh, I thought this was very interesting and nutty. Start a universal life policy that earns high interest, and then you use that to lend against for Worst yourself. Worst idea ever. I'm like, what? That's ridiculous. I know. You know what? This terrorists are so much bad advice out Isn't there. Isn't that wild? She, they said, start this policy, put more money in it as you can, and then you just borrow against yourself. And I'm like, I'm so confused about that. That's like, nuts. That's rolling the dice with your money. Uh-huh. This one was good. I appreciate this person. They said, flip a mobile home. I just did. I, I, that that's was great. smart. That's great advice. That was really good. Uh, invest in a REIT. Eh, not my thing. REITs never return. I know. This REIT, is, REIT is a real estate investment trust. Yeah. You might as well go buy stock. Well, yeah, you it's put that much thing. money in it. Exactly. It's like, okay, um, three years later on 15 grand, I now have $1,000. Yeah. Maybe. That, those are good numbers. Right. And it's like. If you're lucky. Right. What I could have done with that and 15 is, grand. And I mean lucky. It's yeah. pure luck. Yeah. Okay, this one is 100% real. I did not make this up. They put, buy a house in Detroit. <laughs> we can make fun of Detroit because that's where I'm from. I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was good. All right. And the last one, which I, that whoever put this in there, um, no, it wasn't me, but it said, become a private lender. Yeah, that's actually, that's, that's a good one. Yep. That is my favorite. Me and too. that makes sense. So if you were to ask, okay, so here I am, Stephen. Uh, I have 15 grand. I want to get my feet wet in real estate. I'm a woman. Uh, what should I do? I would find some group to join where you're the stupidest person there. <laughs> Everybody else is smarter and learn. And it might be five groups that you have to join. And then I would pick one or two of them. Maybe land is your thing. Maybe it's not. And then put some money into education and really learn how to do it and do it slowly. I would take, let's just give yourself, you know, six to eight months of pure, solid education. Women seem, this seems, this idea always seems to register better with women. Which parts? The just research like, part? Take, no, take six to eight months. Chill oh. out for a second. Take six to oh. eight months and do research. Uh, get yourself in a couple of groups that... Um, where there's real smart people, like kind people like you. Like I'll give you an example. When my sister graduated from college, she immediately went to, to uh, she immediately went and became a licensed real estate agent and started making some money immediately. And the first thing she did was in, in, she, in her neighborhood, she joined an invest, a women's invest stock market investors group because she knew nothing about that. And her portfolio is like massive now. It's like in the millions of dollars. And all these women get together they probably drink wine and stuff while they're doing it. And uh, and they decide what stocks they're going to buy. And everybody puts in, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars. Cool. So some version of that uh, is what I would spend. You know, I would. And, and my second answer is this. Nothing. I don't understand what this is. 
uh, you know, Jill and I were talking about, because we always talk about our cash position versus our real estate position. And there's sometimes we have way more cash. Sometimes we have way more real estate. And Jill very candidly recently in the car said, I just don't feel right when we have all this cash. Yeah. I'm not and comfortable. So I'm not throwing you under the bus here, but it makes me feel right with the world. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I hate you it. Have, your money doesn't have to be put to work. No, no, no. I just, I'm just uncomfortable having that much cash sitting around. I just, I feel like, you know what I feel like? I feel like an investment, even if it's a big gold bar in the safe, I think it's, I, I just feel uncomfortable in that bank balance. Oh, I see. Safety wise. That's why. I see. That's what. You know, why 3K is going to happen someday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we'll be uh, expired at that point. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so anyway, I just found it uncomfortable with that. But I was going to say to you, by the way, hold on to your hat. Because uh, next week, which is next year, I'm going to talk about uh, this book that I'm reading. And boy, have I got some information <laughs> from you men about... <laughs> and I, I hate to say it, but it's true. The study... There's studies... There's proof, and it's all the book that I'm reading is all about uh, female investing and why we make different decisions. We don't have these egos. We don't buy and sell crazy fast in the stock market, and and we are not risk takers. I'm giving you a lot of the information right here, but I'll, and I'll well, I'll go into a lot, much more detail when I am further along in this book, also, which I it's awesome. Uh, by the way, I'm going to end on this. I'm getting my hair done the other day, and this cute girl, she's like in her 20s, and uh, I'm reading the book. She's like, what is that? And I'm telling her all about it, and I'm like, I'm help I know I'm helping her. I'm planting the seed. I'm like, you know, we women, we're better at this stuff. You know, and I even said, you know, that, you know, sometimes, remember the first time your mom told you don't go to the ATM at night and trust your gut? She's like, yeah. I said, you know, that's right. You are right. So that applies to a lot of things like, like business and, and deals. Something's not right. Buying a property is not right in your gut. Don't buy it. That's all true. Thank you. Hey, if you do have ten or fifteen thousand dollars, all kidding aside, becoming a private lender is a great idea. But you can't do it cold. Yeah, it's not like true. You, you, you want to know what you're getting into, so and know them. So my point stuff, is, and know the person before uh, Jill ends it here. <laughs> my point is, there is no better investment than education. True. I agree. Need to send out a few thousand offers to property owners like us? Check out offers and the number two owners.com. So it's offers to owners.com. No setup fees, free mail merge, exceptional service, and now including just released for everyone, concierge data and pricing. It's awesome. Give offers to owners a call today. Happy you could join us today. Five days a week, you can find us here on the Land Academy Show. Tomorrow, the episode on the House Academy show yeah. is called, At Some Point, the sales price, the house sales price is just too high. And we are approaching that in this market that we're in right now. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. Yeah, isn't that funny? We were, we were talking about that. I was looking at um, some real estate reports here in the Phoenix area and, you know, showing the buckets of you know, the number of homes in the certain price ranges, you know what I'm talking about, like sub, you know, you know, south of a million dollars, you know, how many buyers you have north of a million dollars, north of 2 million, north of 3 million, north of 4 million, right? You have to make a decision. Um, well, number one, it's getting nutty. And number two, do I want to be, even if I could afford whatever I can afford, 
you know, think about your buyer's pool. And and I and it translates to our properties too. That's why, you know, we have a sweet spot with our investment properties. Now I'm kind of giving away the show tomorrow, but anyway. <laughs> There's all these things are connected, you know. The purchase price of a, of a of an SFR or primary residence is connected to wages of the people that are buying it, and it's connected to the services that you know cost of services. So inflation is really dramatically affecting all this, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Thank you, and thank you for tuning in. By the way, if you are a Land Academy member, make sure that you are with us on Discord. We're, We're Stephen Jill. Information and inspiration to buy undervalued property.